now, it's Gardening Talkback with gardening specialist Scott Sharp. Good afternoon, Scotty. Ready for another big gardening talkback today? Yeah, absolutely ready for lots of calls to call in. We'll answer their questions. We'll have a great afternoon. And do we have uh, some topics ready to go? Well, we do. We're going to talk about crotons. They're a really lovely... Don't you put those in your soup? Yeah, I knew you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> I set you up for that one. Crotons, they're a plant, they're a multicoloured plant that will grow indoors and outdoors. Uh, there's a, a beautiful Japanese garden open in the Blue Mountains uh, this uh, month and rose pruning. Good afternoon, Pam. Uh, what's happening with your London plane tree there at Broke? Scotty, I have um, a problem with a London plane tree. Yes. Um, I actually planted one. I had an excavator dig a hole because I have very clay uh, soil out here. And um, the, the tree got to about two metres and then died. Uh, so I pulled the tree out and I replaced it with another mm-hmm. uh, plane tree, um, a juvenile. Um, it got to the same height and then it died too so I'm about to pull it out um, but I'm just a bit concerned I'm going to replace it with another but what could possibly be wrong Um, what do I need to do to um, to make the the position that it's going in more favourable. Yeah and look when you said you had a dugout with an excavator obviously that's a pretty big hole the excavators dug to make that happen. Yes. 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 Okay. And did you put any other soil in there after that? Yeah. Oh, just slightly. The soil wasn't too bad, but I didn't. I would have mixed. I don't remember now, but I would have mixed it with a bit of blood and bone, a bit of gypsum, and and whatnot. Uh, But the fact that it's got to a certain height, and then the second one got to exactly the same height and did exactly the same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That you know the root system's expanded out to a certain you know size, and then it's hit something down there in the soil that it doesn't like at all. Uh, look, the only way you can find out that is by having a bit of a dig around and, and seeing if there's anything down there that it's hit. But like you said, if you've dug it up with an excavator, uh, you know, you've pretty much done all the hard work there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't think it would kill it, though, would you? You would just think it would stunt it. So what, what do you recommend that I do with the soil for the next one that goes in? Uh, look, and tell me about your watering as well. You, you, how long has it been? How long often are you watering it? Oh, yes, yes. It's, quite, it's not too far away from the house, so mm. it, it actually gets, um, yeah, it gets watered fairly regularly, so it's not drying out to that extent. Okay, but the point you. is, is I have another about three metres away, and it's absolutely going bonkers. It's, it's wonderful. Um, so it's not the actual position that it's in or the lack of watering, but there's definitely something happening in that hole. Yeah, and look, that's what it sounds like. It sounds situational. If there's, uh, you know, a plant nearby uh, that's growing very well and you're doing the right thing, you're watering, uh, you know, you're not over-fertilising or doing anything silly like that, then it is going to be something in that hole that the root system's going out and bashing into and saying, oh, we don't like this very much and the plant's, you know, curling up its toes and and falling off the... uh, falling off the perch sort of thing. I'm mixing metaphors there, wasn't I? That was done very well. Just a little. Just yeah, a little. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's definitely doing that. That's for sure. So just, just do what I've done. I just add a bit of gypsum, a bit of soil, a bit of... Um bit of um, blood and burn or something and try again. Look, really, yeah, that's all I could really suggest at this point in time. Uh, dig out yeah. that hole and just, uh, you know, see what's in there. Maybe just get some, you know, half-decent soil, some potting mix or something and mix that into that area as well just to try and, you know, give it that boost and uh, get the root system down through whatever is there uh, that's yeah. uh, making it unhappy. Look, that typically could be, you know, someone's washed out some concrete there at some point in time. Uh, you know, so the the soil's you know overly overly alkaline. It could be hitting that. Uh, there could yeah. be a number of reasons why it's not happy. Someone yeah, could have washed out yeah. a, pe- a petrol tank or something there at some point in time. 
uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say, uh, but look, I'll, I'll try again and see what happens. Thank you so much for that, Pam. And, uh, Scotty, if at least you've got one that's, that's firing okay, just not in that same spot. Yeah, well, that actually concerned me a little bit because uh, you know, London plane trees are huge trees, like 14 metres high, 10 mm-hmm. metres wide. So to have one only three metres away and close to the house, yeah. uh, look, if I were Pam, I'd actually probably be a little bit concerned about that. Maybe think about moving it somewhere else anyway as we head to tea gardens good afternoon jennifer you've got uh, an issue with some microsporin what's happening jennifer good afternoon scott hi how can we help you jennifer in relation to that other that other poor lady flurry gardens you can put one two things in one spot fairly close one goes the other doesn't it's very frustrating isn't it oh it can be it certainly can be uh, mm. sometimes you, no, just, you just can't you can't work it out you just have to say it no, it's, it's neither, nature it's nature but i did ring you a little while ago asking for um a, a hardy ground cover yes for a very hot westerly position yes and i think it was something like myosporum or something yeah some... my, myoporum i, I would myoporum that's it myoporum yeah and it's a little um, native ground cover and it uh has a sort of a limey green leaf on it little white flowers as well that's the one i bought and but it's not growing oh when did you put it in when you, <laughs> a couple of months ago when of... after i'd spoken to you yeah look um at... my question or just before you go can i just ask you this question first um, our gardens are watered three times a week. Yes. We live in a, a resort, um, and it's only a quarter of an hour each session. Yes. My husband wonders if it's being watered too much. If it was being watered too much, you would notice it actually, you know, essentially rotting away and going soggy on you. Uh, you're up at Tea Gardens? I am. Yeah, and you'd say your soil is fairly sandy up there? Yeah, yucky. Yeah, yeah. so look, I, I, I wouldn't be concerned about the overwatering. Okay. Uh, up there in those sandy conditions, the water would just be draining away from That's the plant. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and being a native, it, it would quite like that. What I'm thinking is more or less that it's been, you know, planted a couple of months ago, it's winter, uh, you know, sort of sat there a little bit dormant. Uh, and once we... Yeah, yeah, once we get to the... To the warmer months, then uh, it should shoot on for you. If you want to give it a fertiliser, so you can use a native fertiliser on it or some blood and bone. Okay, okay. But no, my, no other, no other fertilisers apart from those. No other than that. Uh, I think my husband might have been using some um, liquid aquasol as one of those sort of things. So don't use that anymore. Uh, look, that that depends on the instructions. You just have to uh, see if the directions allow for them to be used on native plants. But with native plants, I always say just use a specific native fertiliser <laughs> or uh, blood and bone. He just mixes up. Mixes it up and puts it on everything. Okay, well, look, I, I don't know that he's he's harmed it. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'll have a look, but I'll, okay, native, native, just a native fertiliser or blood and bone. Yeah, and wait for the spring to come along. Thank you so much uh, for that, Jennifer. Gee, we're all over the place today, Scotty. Lots of uh, great advice. Up the valley, down to the coast. And good afternoon, Ruth. Uh, you've got a question for Scotty Sharp today. I want to talk to Scott about a Caliandra I've got. Yes, what question have you got there, Ruth? The leaves always look a bit droopy and some of them look a bit closed up. Is that normal for a caliandra? It is. I actually call them go-to-sleep plants because <laughs> okay. uh, if, if they're a bit stressed or, and at night as well, they will uh, sort of close their leaves up a little bit. So it might just be thirsty at the moment and it's closing its leaves up just to slow its transpiration rate down. The transpiration rate is, the, I guess, the breathing of the plant. Okay. Uh, you know, breathes in and out, and it you know puts uh, you know uh, sucks uh, you know moisture up from the soil, and then mm-hmm. that gets evaporated back out through the leaves. So it might just be trying to slow itself down at the moment because it's so dry out there. 
Should I water it more? Oh, look, absolutely. Calyandras uh, will uh, actually accept quite a bit of water, especially when it is so dry. We haven't had a, a rain uh, you know, event for, for some time now. On, uh, mm. on Friday, Todd and I were talking in the morning. Uh, he was sort of threatening that it's going to rain sometime this week, but it hasn't done yeah, so. I'll take I'm him up waiting on that. for it. Yeah, I'll take him up on that on Friday if it doesn't rain. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Um, I've, okay, I'll do that and maybe it'll pick it up. We did, I know, I, when we had a lot of rain not so long ago, I don't, I think it was still looking a bit droopy. But anyway, I'll try that. Okay. And is it okay to use superphosphate? Does that really help flowering? Yes, it does. So superphosphate is a uh, really good fertiliser. Uh, look, in it, there's nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium. And the, I guess the phosphorus is the part that helps the, the fruiting and the flowering of the plant. Uh, and the potassium uh, does so as well. The nitrogen will help the, the green leafy growth of the plant. So superphosphate's a good one. I but it's okay for natives, is it? Oh, I'd check up on that. Always be very careful about that. Uh, they don't mm. like phosphorus, so mm. I think that using superphosphate on natives would be a little bit harmful. The other thing, okay. I'm going to ask Mark about this. I thought superphosphate could be used to make the a bomb, can't it? Is that, am I on the right yeah. road? Is it, is, am I right? Are you right? I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to buy big amounts of superphosphate, so you can only get it in very small bags now. But I can't imagine, Ruth, you'd be looking for super big amounts of it. They're just enough to no, sprinkle around. No, I just got a, a small, <laughs> small container of it. No, don't, don't spread the word around. I'm not yeah, making no, a bomb. No homegrown <laughs> terrorism at uh, Murray's Beach or anything like that. All's good. No. <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much for that, Ruth. And uh, as always, some uh, good advice uh, from Scotty Sharp there. And a little bit left of centre with that one as well. But look, yeah, superphosphate is still available. I know people got a little bit scared about it because of those uh, threats back in the day. Mm. Um, but it is a, a good fertiliser to use. But yeah, don't use it on natives. The uh, phosphorus will just burn your natives inside out. Well, we, we don't want that. We certainly don't, know. Gardening talk back. Uh, Scotty, in the last half hour today, what will we be talking about? Well, uh, hopefully we'll get some callers as well because we love uh, answering people's questions about their garden. But we're also going to talk about crotons. Not the soup. Mm -hmm. They're a nice multicoloured yeah. plant. Uh, Japanese gardens open up in the Blue Mountains and rose pruning. More calls coming in, but in the meanwhile, let's get into some of those topics for today. We'll talk about the uh, Japanese gardens down in the uh, Blue Mountains. Okay, we can talk about that. So, a, a Japanese garden, what does that typically look like? It's got fountains, it's got little waterfalls, deer scarers. What's a deer scarer? Apparently, it's to scare the deer away from coming and eating the crop. So, the water flows and then it goes boom, boom, and the bamboo thing. Chunks okay. around makes a nice noise. Uh, maples, oh, lovely! It's yeah. all sounding better and better by the minute. Beautiful rock gardens as well. I, I love Japanese gardens. This one is in the Blue Mountains. Little Hartley is a village down the Blue Mountains. Apparently, it's uh, twenty k's southeast of Lith Lithgow. There was some panic in here before. We just made sure that Little Hartley actually is <laughs> in the Blue Mountains. But we I, did, <laughs> I did a check for you. Yeah, it's kind of it's pretty much smack bang in the middle. It is. Yeah. Okay, so it's going to be very very nice down there at this time of year. Uh, look, they've got maples, conifers. Apparently, they've got twenty eight Japanese lanterns, uh, twelve basins, thirteen ornamental bridges down in this area. A waterfall, a water harp. They've got the deer scarer. Uh, look, it just sounds fantastic down there. It's 
part of the Open Garden Scheme and it's actually open on Monday, July 29 to Wednesday the 31st and then again on the 1st of August, which is a Thursday, to Friday the 30th. So really well worth a drive down there at this time of year. Uh, look down around the Blue Mountains, there's plenty of other gardens to go and see as well. Uh, the Janolan Caves, apparently, I hear Mark's going to be heading down there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, holiday. And, and this is literally right on the way. You might be able to go past. Are you down there at that time? Yeah, yeah, you've just you've given me the date, so I'm actually, I might even pop in. Okay, so Monday 29th of July to Wednesday uh, 31st and August the 1st, which is a Thursday till Friday the 30th. So that's really all of August. You can hardly miss out on that one, can you? Well, no. no I mean, I'm down there in two weeks, so we'll give yeah. it a look. Okay, fantastic. It's part of the Open Garden Scheme. It's called the Goryu Japanese Garden. It's a place called Little Hartley. I think I might be taking a drive down there myself. We might catch up down there and have a nice... Uh, Afternoon tea. I'll give you a lift. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Paying for petrol, though. Oh, it's, it's Uber time, is it? <laughs> it's Uber time. What else have you got for us, Scotty? Uh, the other thing I was going to talk about were the uh, the crotons. Oh, the soup things. The things s- we put in our soup. Yeah, the soup plants. Mm. The soup plants. These probably wouldn't be too tasty. They might, in fact, even be... I'm not going to say they're slightly poisonous, but... Uh, I don't think they are, but they are, are a beautiful, variegated uh, and very colourful plant to have in your garden. You can actually have them indoors as well. Oh, look, they come from Africa. Uh, they've got uh, sort of, how would we describe it? They've, they haven't got uh, your normal shape leaf. They've got mm. uh, like little pinnate leaves, and but they spread out uh, really beautiful colours, all of those. Uh, browns almost, black, red, yellow, and that can be all on the same leaf. Uh, pinky reds. Wow, that sounds very interesting. It really is a very yeah. interesting plant. Uh, look, they most often grow in uh, outdoor tropical climates, but th- as I said, they can go inside. You'd probably want them in a fairly uh, well-lit area there, and you wouldn't overwater them if you're going to have them in the inside conditions. Uh, they're very prunable as well. Uh, I've seen some really nice ones. Uh, they will get up to about, oh, I don't know, 1.5 metres or so, uh, spread out probably about 1.5 metres as well, so they can make quite a nice feature plant in the garden to uh, look fertilising, a nice nitrogen-rich fertiliser. Uh, same for inside, but I just make sure you cut down on the watering if they're inside. I've got one at home as well. Uh, it sits out under a tree. Uh, it's handling the cold perfectly. I hardly water it at all at this time of year, and it's still looking very good. So they're crotons, uh, a very beautiful plant to have. Easy to maintain by the sound of things, which is, which is very... Uh, that gets my attention. <laughs> the, the bit where you don't have to water them. Exactly, or don't have to do anything. You, you just plant them and basically away you go. I love Look, I, it. I don't even fertilise mine. Uh, I, there was a weed growing there the other day. I sort of pulled it out. I think the dog might look at it every now and again. That's about the best, most attention this, uh, this plant gets. All righty. Uh, Scotty, you want to continue a little bit more on your talk on uh, the Japanese gardens that you just found down the Blue Mountains Well, we, we've just been looking at some images online and uh, it looks a little bit chilly. I think Mark's going to have to uh, pack his uh, winter woolies when he heads down there. Well, I've just had a bit of a look. Uh, mostly sunny, tops of 15 degrees. That's not what it was the photos showed. Yeah, they showed snow. They showed <laughs> snow at the moment. Um, overnight lows of zero. That so. sounds quite chilly. So am I still going or are you... You know, you're bumped from the tour, Scotty. from the tour. But we could work on the following Monday's Gardening Talkback. That'd be the best program you've ever heard, wouldn't it? I heard it was Three's Company, uh, you know, Two's a Crowd. Is that how it is? Or? So what we, coming up before 1 o'clock, we'll be talking roses. Yes, we'll talk about rose pruning. A very important time. Uh, time to get in and prune your roses this year. Gardening Talkback on a Monday afternoon. Scotty Sharp is here for a little while longer. G'day, Scotty. Hello. <laughs> we are back with uh, more calls. Firstly, uh, Ken at Stockton. You've got something happening with Dahlia Bubs. Good afternoon, Ken. Hello, Ken. How can we help? Um, I was just wondering, should I big them up 
and put them in a paper bag or something or just leave them? Oh, the, yeah, there's two schools of thought about that. Uh, people do dig their bulbs up and uh, put them in the paper bag, store them in the garage. That's just to keep them safe and dry. Uh, look, I, I think with dahlias you can leave them in the ground. I don't think there's any great danger with those. They're not going to rot away, uh, especially over at Stockton. You have fairly sandy soil over there. Yeah. Yeah, so look, I, I think you can safely leave your bulbs in the ground over there. Uh, look, people just do it so that they have peace of mind, that they know where they are and, uh, you know, they're not being damaged and uh, they can then replant them if they want to in a different position again next year. Yeah, all righty. Okay, did you have much success with your dahlias this year, mate? Yeah, yeah, they Really good, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're a magnificent flower, aren't they? And so easy to grow. They're actually native to Mexico uh, and related to the, uh, like, the chrysanthemum and zinnias. So uh, they're a plant that, uh, you, you, you know, you're driving around at that, you know, the time of year when they're out in flower and you see them, bam, sort of popping up in people's front yards and uh, spectacular colours, those purples and pinks that they get. So uh, uh, good on you for uh, still growing them there, Ken. Thank you very much, Ken. As we uh, move on to Maxine. Maxine from Singleton, you've uh, got some questions for Scotty about planting roses today. Yes, how about Scott? How are you? Yeah, very well, Maxine. How can we help you? Uh, I bought a couple of roses in the bags. Yes. And I want to know, do you have to wash the roots before you plant them? No, you don't. Look, often when you take the bag away... Uh, you know, the soil just sort of falls away anyway. Uh, so don't be too concerned about that. Uh, but definitely don't worry about washing the roots. Just, you know, plonk them straight back into the ground uh, with some nice fresh soil. No deeper. You know, you don't want to actually plant them any deeper up that stem than they uh, sort of are coming out of the bag. And, then, and then just make sure you're well watering them. Uh, certainly don't fertilise young roses. Uh, if you give them a burst of fertiliser when you put them in the ground, all those little fine white hair roots you're going to find when you take it out of the bag will uh, soak up all that fertiliser and burn away then it'll burn up through the plant and you'll get dye back so when you're planting a rose uh, if you haven't look you can put manure in but you've had to put manure in the soil uh, you know a number of weeks ago uh, to let right. it settle down but if you haven't you know don't <laughs> what, what have you gone and done <laughs> yeah i've brought and i've dug the holes I was just wondering whether you had to wash them. <laughs> no, don't do that. Just plonk them straight in the hole with some good soil and water away and you won't have any problems whatsoever. Oh, thank you, Scott. Okay, and fertilise, uh, look, with a young rose like that, I'd probably fertilise in about, I'm um, doing the counting here on my fingers, August, September, October, I'd probably give them some fertiliser. Oh, right. Okay, then I'll write that on the calendar. Okay, great. Nice to talk to you, Maxine. Thank you so much, Maxine and Ken as well. So Maxine's kind of covered our roses. Well, so she's, sort she's of. covered the planting part of it. I yeah. thought we were going to talk about the pruning part of it. Well, let's get into that. So you've got them. What You mentioned that this is an, an important time of year to prune roses. Yes. Why now? Uh, because it's cold and they're now getting a little bit dormant. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to ask a follow-up question there. No, right I'm, right? I'm listening. You're the expert. So they, yes, the roses are dormant at this time of year. It is mm. the best time to prune them uh, because you don't get dieback. If you can start, look, you can prune roses in February, you know, when they are actually growing, uh, but this is the best time to give them their hard prune. 
and, and, and then maybe again in summertime when it's yes, not. But this is the big one. This is the big one. In February, you give the uh, the tidy up prune. At the moment, you can cut them back almost as hard as you want to because there's no sap running up through them. Uh, look, the exception to that, I guess, is iceberg roses. They just seem to flower and uh, have leaves on them all year round. They're the white roses. People often have them as standards. That's where they're up on the long stem and then you have that sort of basketball bulb of rose coming out. But you do have to pick a time when you're going to prune them. And the colder it gets around this time of year, uh, you know, next couple of weeks, I think it is the time to get out and prune your icebergs as well. When you're pruning a rose... Uh, make sure you always uh, prune just up above the uh, the little bud uh, nodule that's coming out. You've probably seen roses before, Mark, and you I have, uh, you, and you see yeah. like a little bud burst coming out of there. Yeah. So you always prune just above that that uh, that bud nodule and at an angle as well, uh, just a, a little bit above the the bud nodule, not too far, because if you leave say you know two centimeters above that, you'll actually get die back, and then that will continue back down through the rose. So why specifically has to be at an angle? Uh, actually, so. For those reasons? Or so others? moisture actually runs off. Okay. Yeah, and you don't get uh, then, you know, pest and disease and die back back through that branch again. Uh, when you're pruning your rose, make sure you get a nice uh, even, uh, you know, shape about it. You want to try and open it up in the middle and provide almost like a bowl or a cup shape so that its air f- is able to flow through the middle. You don't want uh, uh, branches, you know, crisscrossing and growing against each other. That's where you start to get wear and, again, die back and pest and disease gets into the rose. Uh, once you've actually pruned it back and you've got that nice bowl-shaped your rose, uh, you've got it back to a nice decent size, uh, you give it a spray with a product called lime sulphur it gets rid of any scale on the plant and actually seals up those ends that we were talking about and uh, you also give it some poultry manure at that time of year about a bucket of poultry manure per rose. Lots to think about there, thanks as always Scotty and we'll continue with gardening talk back, Carmel at Sanilba Bay, uh, you've got a question for Scotty today about broccoli, hello Carmel Hi, how you going? Yeah, how can we help you Carmel? I bought cabbage, cauliflower and broccoli and planted them all and I was excited because they were all growing. Yes. Broccoli kept growing and now there's a beautiful flower on top. What did I do wrong? Oh, so look, what's happened is it has just gone to gone to seed, I guess, is the best way to think about it. Uh, and that is the danger with broccoli. Sometimes they will just go and do that. Uh, Look, you know, I'm just another plant off, you know, off the uh, cuff that I think about that always goes to seed is coriander. Uh, people often struggle with that. Uh, with broccoli, uh, I, I think the best way to uh, try and curb that is to make sure that you've got nice nitrogen-rich soil. So that's just promoting green leafy growth. Uh, you don't want, uh, you know, soil that's high in potassium because it will just make it bolt uh, to flower. Oh, and seed. I think I think you just answered my question. Okay. So that, that's going to have been your problem. Liquid, liquid potassium on it. Oh, dear. Okay, so that's exactly what's happened. You've bolted it straight to, to flower and yeah. seed. So, uh, look, if you're going to do it again next year, avoid doing that. Just make sure you've got some nice nitrogen-rich uh, fertiliser in there. Poultry manure is usually very good uh, to dig through your garden. You can get specific uh, nitrogen-rich fertilisers. Uh, there's one called uh, Flourish Green and Growth. Uh, so you can give that a try if you want to, but certainly uh, stick away from those uh, uh, sulphate of potash uh, type fertilisers. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, good on you, Carmel. Thanks for the call. Cheers, bye bye. Thank you so much, Carmel, and indeed our callers today. Scotty, run out of time. It's, it's gone so quickly again. It's it's so smooth and pleasurable with you, Mark. <laughs> Some. Some great calls coming through. Thank you to each and every one. And, Scotty, you'll be back next week for another Gardening Talk Back. I certainly will be. And then I think it's our holiday down to the Blue Mountains after that. Right here at 2NURFM. Mark Rook wishing you a fantastic afternoon.
Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>